welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Right, okay, we're starting our new series and uh, called Pressing In. And um, we're going to be reading from uh, Philippians. And we're, we're concentrating this new series on Philippians 3, 12 to 14. But I'm actually going to be preaching from verse 8 uh, this evening as an introduction to the, the full series as it, as it gets underway um, as of next week. Um, so I'm going to read to you from Philippians 3, verse 8. Um, and it says this, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings being uh, conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And tonight I really want to focus on what was motivating Paul, what was driving him to say, we've got to push in. We've got to press into that for which Christ has laid hold of us. Christ laid hold of us. We've got to get a hold of why he did that. We've got to push in and we've got, and he says, I count everything as loss. I count it as rubbish. In the, in the King James Version, it calls it, I count it as dung, which is a nice word for another word, which we could use, but we won't. And it says, I count it as of no value that I may push into something which is of greater value. And so what it was motivating Paul, and Paul here, he, as he gets on and he, as he starts to um, push in, uh, he's really inspiring the church to understand that everything he was in the past, everything that he had, he considers a loss or the the word in the in the Greek um, literally means disaster, um, which is amazing. It's actually translated. They translate it loss because it means disaster, loss, something which is destroyed and ruined. For instance, in the book of Acts, when Paul was being transported as a prisoner, Paul um, is. Um, as a prisoner, he's being transported and he's in a ship that's struggling to go from um, place to place and they're desperate to keep moving. And Paul says to the um, ship's company, look, I don't think you should go. And it says in verse, um, verse, Acts 27, verse 10, it says, saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. So Paul was using this word loss. That's the word, disaster and loss. Something upon which 
Everything is just wasted. And Paul says, I consider everything that I was a disaster compared to what I need to take a hold of. Now that's an interesting concept because what we tend to do is we tend to place value on things and go, well, I've done all these good things. We consider certain things a certain value and try and bring those things with us into the kingdom of God. But Paul's saying, I don't want any of that. What I want is the kingdom of God. What I want is Jesus Christ. And, you know, it says here that Paul began to speak to them. And in the book of Acts, in Acts 27, he's beginning to speak to them. And as he's speaking to them in the, in the ship, he's trying to persuade them that they're going to lose everything. And this word, loss, is so powerful that we really got to understand that when, when he was speaking to the Philippian church, he's saying, I consider it loss. It's of no value. Now, one of the things that I've noticed um, over the years, many people have said to me, um, they'll spot somebody who isn't a Christian. And they'll say, um, that, that person, they'll make a great Christian. Have you heard that? A lot of people say, oh, they'd make a great Christian. As if some people have more value. They have something which kind of makes them far closer to the kingdom of God than, than others. Maybe it's their kindness or their natural good nature. Maybe it's their intellect. Or quite often, it's just simply their money. <laughs> Oh, that millionaire, that we've got to get that one in the church. You greedy. I always want to get the millionaires in the church because they think they're going to give. I've discovered this, that, that millionaires don't make any better givers than anybody else. <laughs> you know, this is the truth. No one has any more value than anybody else. We have to understand it doesn't matter what a person is. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how kind they are or how bad they are. It's all garbage compared to a life pursuing Jesus Christ. And so what we want to do is we need to look at this and we say, I am going to pursue a life in Jesus Christ and I'm not going to consider the things of the past as something for which I've done and hold on to those of those things but I'm looking forward that I may push in you see in Ephesians 1 7, uh, 17 to 18 it says this it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. See, Paul is speaking to them. He wants them to understand that there is value in pursuing God. Now, what happens is this, is that we get discouraged if we don't feel like we're adding value to our lives. There's, I find there's nothing more demotivating than doing something if partway through doing it I realise it's for no reason. People get discouraged in church because they keep doing the same thing but they lose sight of the value of what it is they're doing. 
and they just feel like they're just doing it because that's what you do. And they keep doing that because they think that's what you do. And what they end up doing is feeling like they're having, adding no value to their own life. This is of no benefit to me. I don't know why I'm doing it. And it's discouraging because what we're looking for is to add value. Now, the only way we can add value is to not consider who we were or where we were. You know what? If you feel like you're not adding value, what is your default? Your default is to dig in the library of your mind and go back and say, what was it I did that added value? Where did I go? What did I say? Who was I with? And what happens is we start looking backward when Jesus Christ is asking us to push forward. See, Paul says, I'm not looking back, I'm pushing in. I'm not going back to where I were, was, I'm pushing in to where I'm going to be. Sharon and I came up um, to plant this church, and as we got, we were about a year or so in, and we're trying to add, and I'm looking back thinking, oh, I remember the days when we had this in church, and, and those sort of things were going on in church. So that's what I want to build. And I remember this sense of complete sort of frustration that it was impossible to build those things that I had had. Because that was for a day past. Paul says, I consider these things of no value. You see, we have to look forward to what Jesus Christ is going to do. Because if we are looking backward, what we're doing is we're beginning to take a hold. We're worshipping those things that we considered more of value than we are our relationship with Jesus Christ. See, we have to learn to just let it go. We've got to learn to let go what we were so that we can be the person. See, Paul is speaking to the, 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 um, he's speaking to the Philippian church and he starts off by saying, listen, when it comes to being amazing, I was the most amazing. When it comes to it, he would have coined the phrase to be the best Pharisee you can be. He knows her. You've got to be the best Pharisee you can be. And he was the man. He was the best Pharisee you can be. I don't know. I don't, you, a lot of people have said that phrase. you just got to be the best you you can be. I hate that. What does that even mean? How do you ever know? How do you know you're being the best you can be? Where, where's, the, where's the mark? Who said you were rubbish anyway? Well, how come right now you're not the best. Why is that not the best? You you know what that does? It ends up meaning you're no longer celebrating this because you're somehow convinced that you don't quite have everything you should have. And you know what? So what it it creates this point of frustration. And it creates this... Paul is saying, I pursued a life like that. I was the most amazing Pharisee there ever was. And he says, and then I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, I considered, I realized that everything I did had no value. Because it didn't do anything. It didn't change anything. It didn't build anything. Now, note this. That when he said all those things, he didn't devalue what God had put into him. He just devalued what it made him. He goes, it may be this person, and that isn't good. You see... You've read the Word. The, the Word of God has been spoken into your life. But we've got to understand that without Jesus Christ, we've got to consider everything loss. And as we pursue Him, 
we've got to understand in Him that we're becoming something awesome. That we're beginning to grow in the kingdom of God and we're beginning to push into something far greater than we've ever known or understood. He goes on, he says this. I want you to, we're going to cut right through to verse, um, we're going to cut right through to verse four, um, sorry, verse 13. He says, I do not count myself too apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I've noticed this in church life. We have an amazing Sunday, right? Now, we get amazing Sundays most of the time, right? It's just amazing. Everyone's going, oh, that was amazing. That was, that was the best Sunday ever. And you go to church. But I've discovered that by the following week, that's irrelevant. Because it's no longer, we're not on that Sunday anymore. Those people that came, well, you're here again. And some visitors come, etc. People are coming and going. It's a different day. It's another service. It's a different crowd. It's a di- everything's different. It's a different song service. It's a different worship leader. What happened before? Paul says, I forget those things. Now, what we've often said is, oh, I just forget the things that hurt me, the things that wounded me. Well, I hope you do. You've got to learn to put those things aside and not carry them with you. You know, so often people tend to carry with them the hurts, but they also carry with them their successes as little trophies that says, this is what I I want this again. I want this again. But you know what? Paul says, I forget all of those things that I might find more in Christ. Now we know what Christ has done. Now remember this. This is in, in contradiction. We have to set up memorials of faith to remember the great things that God has done so we've got a great testimony. Your testimony is critical. But we don't live off a testimony. It was uh, recently, um, I think it's one of the saddest things in the world that we were just talking through with Scott. He was talking about the 20th anniversary of Toronto. And people were talking, I just think it's desperately sad that they're having an anniversary. 20 years ago. God did something amazing 20 years ago. 20 years ago, actually, in 1993, in the INC network, the churches we are part of, it used to be called COC. And in that network, before Toronto, a move of God broke out in those churches and a revival broke out in the southeast of England, swept through the churches. We saw Baptist pastors, they're all rolling around, laughing their heads off. It was an amazing move of God. It was a revival. We saw 40, 50 people saved every service. Dramatic, miraculous healings, the lot. Do you know there are still some people today trying to make that happen? Why? God isn't working that work. He did a work and he built his church and it was an amazing release of his spirit that the church will get up, grow up and do something awesome in his kingdom. And we have to forget those things that we might find what he's doing. If you're constantly thinking about the past, you will be using the past as your framework for God to do something new. And when God does something new, He does something original. We were watch. I came home from the prayer meeting uh, the other night and Cheryl had a movie on. Um, it was the Chronicles of Narnia, um, Prince, Ca- Prince Caspian, wasn't it? And Lucy has to run off and find, um, what's his name? Aslan, the lion. 
and um, and in the movie, many disasters have unfolded and all sorts of things have happened. But Lucy has the faith to go and find Aslan in the forest, and and to and she wants to know why he didn't do what he did before. And Aslan says that I never do, I never do those things which I've done before. That it's always something new. And it's an amazing line. It's like, see, God, He keeps doing something new in our lives. And for us to know the new, we have to push into God. See, God's doing something new in this house. Amen? There's, a, there's an expectancy. There's an atmosphere. There's like a life. It's like, God, you're doing something amazing. I want you to do something amazing in my life. If I don't forget the past, I'll use the past and try and impose the past on my future. And when you try and impose the past on your future, you stop God from building what He wants to do in your life right now. Because the past, that's what He did then. He's not doing that now anymore. He did that then for a purpose, and now He wants to do something new in your life. And so, this is one of the, the keys. The key is that we have to walk away from those things and count them as rubbish. He says there, he goes, it says in verse 8, for whom I suffer the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. In other words, he's not saying it was rubbish. Right? He's not saying it was rubbish. He's creating an environment of, of the enormity of how high Jesus Christ is lifted up over your life. Because when God's done amazing things in your past, and let's face it, God did amazing things in Paul's life as a Pharisee. Right? Because when Paul got up to preach the gospel, he did so trained because of the training of a Pharisee that enabled him to know the word. But he considered it as rubbish that he might find Christ. What does that mean? And what it means is he left behind what was no longer coming forward. Now that's really important for us to understand. This is what, if it's not coming forward, we leave it behind. And so what's the it? Anything that isn't doing the journey with you in your pursuit of God gets left behind do you know some people get left behind so well that's terrible we've got to go and get them I've discovered this you can't make people go where they don't want to go and neither can we wait with them while they decide and work out what they're going to do with their life so why why can't we wait with them why because they know where we should be going They made a choice not to go. They know where we are and they can come with us. Someone once said to me recently, oh, what about the the sheep? He had a hundred sheep and one was lost. I said, I'm not talking about lost sheep. You know who are lost sheep? Someone who doesn't know where they are or where they're going. Why are they lost? Because they're not born again. They don't have life in Jesus Christ. They don't have, they're, they're not a lost person is a lost person. We have to find the lost. 
But the father never went to find his prodigal son. Not once. He didn't go looking for him. Didn't send him an email. Didn't try and hook up on Facebook. There wasn't any, he wasn't, he didn't. He just let him go. Because the prodigal had somewhere else he wanted to be. And what does that mean? It means that when you're moving on, some people, they just have to do what they're going to do. And until they've got their head and their heart sorted, so what, well, supposing, what, what might happen to them? Well, you know what? Let's trust them with Jesus. Because the prodigal sat in the pig swirl and suddenly worked out, what the flip am I doing here? I'm up to my neck in app and... <laughs> And I don't have to be here. I could be a servant. I could, be, I could just be scraping around the lowest of the low in my father's house and be a lot better off than this. He suddenly got a revelation and he went home. That's how people come home. That's how they get their heads sorted. But you see, when we're moving on, we have to, you have to move on. And when you move on, you have to let those who are not moving on, you've just got to let them go. It's the most loving thing you can do to a person's life. Because to not love them is to pander to the emotion. And you know what that does? It stops you from moving on. It stops you from going. You see, there's a lot of things that stop us, that get left behind. You know, there's things, other things that we have to let go. In our lives, we can have traditions and things that we hold on to a style of church, a style of music, a music style, all of those kind of things. It doesn't matter whether you're traditional or whether you're radical. The human heart longs for familiarity. Are you with me here? The human heart, we just long for familiarity. We long for that, that touch of something. I was having a discussion with Scott Wilson. He's a um, Kiwi Australian. He says he's Australian, but he's not. He's a Kiwi. And um, so, which we rib him for. And uh, we're having this discussion because he's a Republican. He doesn't believe in a monarchy. And I believe in a monarchy. And um, so, um, so we're talking about the value of a monarchy, a non-political system, um, as against a political system. And uh, so we're having this sort of bouncing to and fro. And, and I said, because he said, oh, all these monarchists, he says, you're just into pomp and ceremony. It's all emotional. He goes. And, and I'm going, you know what? There is value in something which is traditional and just keeps, it just keeps doing the same old, same old. It puts, it puts security in the heart of a nation. And, and, uh, and he's just going, yeah, that's a lot of rubbish. <laughs> but you know what? You see, see we, we, the human heart longs for the familiar. But what we have to do in the kingdom of God and is know that there's only one familiar thing that we need to have. Familiarity is the sense of reliability that everything is all right. If you come into church and someone's sitting in your seat, the seat that you normally sit in, you come in and someone's sitting in the seat that you normally sit in and they come in and it's, you feel kind of, whoa. Now, what I've loved, what's happened in this church is that 
as the young adults have, have grown, the students come in. The students have sat in everybody's seats. <laughs> and we're not telling you which seats you've sat in and which one you haven't. Because I'm just watching everywhere else go, Are they, the only ones you haven't sat in is ours, you're not sitting in our seat. <laughs> That's sacred, that is. But there's a familiarity with seats. I know that if, if I wasn't sitting there, if I'm sitting, so even if I sat on the other end, it'd be like, whoa, it's out of balance, I'm going to fall over. <laughs> it's, it's all, everything's in the wrong place. And, and so you, we look for familiarity for a sense of security, for a sense of, oh, it's okay, we can keep going. There is only one place we need to be assured of where things are familiar. And that is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When you are assured of your relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can handle any change that's going on in the world. And it means that you don't hold on to natural things which have no spiritual value and place a spiritual value over it as a way of, of gaining more faith. As a way of saying, this is my world, this is my church, I, I sit in this seat and I, I, I do these things and I go to the, I do the same things during the week, I, I do all of these things. And, and none of those things add any spiritual value. When God is calling us to move forward, we have to let it go. And in this church, over this next year, we're going to be having a, a vision service towards the end of the month and um, we're going to be launching. Um, the the whole mid, uh, midweek um, series and everything that we're going to be doing and um, we'll have a name for you then <laughs> well, yeah we will definitely have a name we, we have we're shortlisted now and uh, we'll we'll have it we'll have it all framed out for you and um, but in all of that it it's changing and it's it's but it's not changing forever. It's not the now new forever. It's changing to what God is saying today because we're pushing into God. Yeah. We're finding what He's got for us in 2014. Because in 2014, there is an adventure that rests upon your life. There are, there are things that are going to happen in your life that you've no idea what they are. But if you put yourself in a place where they can happen, then I assure you they will happen. See, th- this is what I found. I found miracles never happened in my life when I wasn't praying for them. I, I remember one day, and I've told this story for, for many different reasons, but I remember it was a season, it was actually in that season when we were just filled with the Spirit and that God was doing amazing things. And, and we were, we, I, was, I was coming in from work and I needed to get into town to um, get some, we'd run out of um, some basic materials, some things, and I needed to, I needed to get to the hardware store and see if I could raid. Um, we had a furniture manufacturing business, and we needed things like wood screws and stuff. And sometimes the order just got messed up, and we would, I'd have to go to the hardware store and and just buy these little boxes of screws and and uh, just to see us through until the delivery would arrive. And I remember going in, but I was so full of faith, I was looking for God to, 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 to use me. And I started praying for 
our pastors, our church pastors, and I started praying for them. And they had been going through quite a challenging time. It's actually the assistant pastors. Uh, and they were going through an extremely challenging time. And, and I just knew that God wanted me. And I came into the car park and I saw the car parked in the car park. It was just a small town. And in this car park, and I saw their car. And I knew. And so anyway, they went around. So I wandered off to the shops. And I'm right up the other end of the high street. And as I'm praying, I heard the Holy Spirit just say to me, run now. So I started to run, and as I'm running, I'm running down the high street like a madman, and I turn around the corner and down the little lane, and I get into the car park, and there's our pastor. She's just in the car, and she's just about to drive off. She's literally just driving off as, as we just met and came. And I spent maybe um, 10, 15 minutes, could have been longer, I can't remember now, just speaking to her, and I know that God gave me a word of encouragement to speak to her. Now, this is the thing. God used me to speak into, to her at a critical time of to just encourage her and give her something, her and her husband, something to go with that, that God was working in their life in that season. But that never would have happened had I not gone into town pushing into God. God, what are you going to do? do? Use me. Do something great in my life. God, I push into you today. I want to see you do something amazing. It never would have happened. I would have driven in. I, would, I wouldn't have even seen the car. Wouldn't have even been aware that they were there. I would have been up. I would have bought a pack of screws, probably gone past the baker's, bought a donut, walking down the road, chewing a donut, sugar all across my face, box of screws, wandering back, and no one would have been blessed. No one would have been touched. And they would have gone home still feeling the sorrow of the situation, but having never heard what God wanted to speak to them at that time. You see, it only happened because I pushed in. And you can only push in if you're prepared to put aside everything that was of the past. And you know what? When we, I was in that season, just filled with the Spirit, in that season... Up to that point, we had been through some journey or another. I had known absolute poverty. I'd been a hundred grand in debt. I was only in my mid-twenties. I'd been massively in debt. I had, we had struggled with all kinds of ministry situations. We had struggled with all kinds of events. It, our life had been up and down, up and down. There had been plenty of reasons why we could have quit. Plenty of reasons why we could have backed off. Plenty of reasons why we could have even been slightly irritated with the pastors themselves. We put it aside. God's doing something new right now. Right now, God was doing something. And that was then, 20-something years ago, 20-odd years ago, Today, this is a new day. And in those years, God has blessed us. We put it aside because we're pushing into God today. Today, God's going to do something amazing in your life. You get up tomorrow morning, God, use me. Use me in work. Use me in school. Use me in uni. Use me. Do something awesome in my life. I'm looking for a miracle. I'm looking for an opportunity. I'm looking for that situation where I can step up and see your hand do incredible things. Amen. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.